Comics Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 87. Greetings and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas, and I hope you've been having a fantastic week. So, I've uh, taken a little bit of time off. Hopefully you haven't really noticed. Uh, we're going back to bi-weekly uh, podcast episodes and... Yeah, I just needed some time to kind of recharge and take in some some stuff and just relax a bit. And I had a really fun week off with my family. But as you know, as parents know, you know, and people just anyone taking a vacation type thing, you know, you you get tired on a vacation. <laughs> you're always doing stuff because you're trying to cram all the fun stuff you miss out or have trouble fitting into the rest of the year into one week. So but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we went to a lot of places. My kids had a blast, uh, and my wife and I we caught up uh, on a bunch of nerd stuff. Mainly, we uh, we watched Boba Fett finish that off, and I gotta tell you, it's a fucking snooze fest, man. <laughs> I I, I want to be a naysayer. Um, people may like it, I don't know, but I could just not get through it. Even towards the end, when the Mandalorian showed up, and it essentially became the Mandalorian with Boba Fett for a couple episodes it still just felt I don't off I don't know it definitely didn't need to be as long as it was it definitely could have been like a four or five part miniseries I think and well even this is like a movie <laughs> you know uh, I, I don't know I, I really didn't care for a lot of it the last episode was fun I mean it was a big action scene so why wouldn't it be fun um, a little disappointed spoiler warning a little disappointed they killed Cobb Vanth off. Uh, I thought Timothy Oliphant did a fantastic job with that character. Uh, I'm hoping he's not dead. I'm hoping it's the thing he comes back in later and they're just saying he was dead. Uh, I'd like to see him return for sure. I don't know if I watch another season of Boba Fett. They'd really have to do something. I don't know. I I, I mean, I love Fennec Shand. I think that's a great character. Everyone but Boba is this. I don't want to blame the actor, uh, uh, Tamora Morrison, but I just, I don't know. I think it's just the way he's written. It's just too, I don't know. I know he's supposed to be a bit changed. He's not supposed to be the ruthless guy anymore, but it feels like they went too far in that direction. Um, maybe that'll be something that comes back in the second season. Who knows? Um, this did also did set up the next season of The Mandalorian, which, uh, again, spoilers, you know, Grogu's back with Mando and... I kind of feel like they just pissed away that ending of the second season with Luke showing up and taking away to be training and then, you know, two appearances later, he's back with Mando. Like, that just seems like, I don't know. It, it seems it seems cheap. But maybe they'll do something great with it. I don't know. I trust the Mandalorian storyteller guys to, to and women to do, to do their thing. So, anyway, that was that. Uh, you know, we... Uh, I saw the ex- extremely exciting movie Minions 2, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> uh, that's it. I just wanted to share that exper- that traumatic experience with everyone. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Taking the kids to the theater. Uh, but yeah, I just had a nice relaxing week off. Got to listen to a lot of music. Um, and yeah, just kind of chill. Uh, we saw Thor Love and Thunder. I don't know if I talked about it in the last episode or not. I don't think so. I talked a little bit about it online. Uh, my reactions to it and my my thoughts on it not growing fonder uh, it's just it's like it took everything from Ragnarok that I liked turned it up to 11 which then 
drowned out everything that kind of made the stuff I liked pop. So it was just noise the whole time and there's some good stuff in there but it was just so drowned out by everything else it was just yeah not 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 my favorite thor movie it's probably my least favorite thor movie uh, out of all of them to be honest uh same with jurassic park dominion i'm sorry jurassic world dominion god that was such a disappointment too i really wanted it to be fun and good and you know i'm not a huge hater on the whole jurassic world franchise but wow like it was not good at all it was so ham-handed and just at all the throwbacks they try to toss in from the previous you know trilogy and all that it just felt so cheap <laughs> just felt really cheap and very disappointing because uh most of the cast they were definitely giving it everything they got um but you know I don't know. It just it just didn't do anything for me. You know, you got a fucking baby raptor running around. Like that's like that's like instant serotonin for people and dopamine. Like just baby raptor from you know super cute. Like and you you, you fuck it up. So I sound angry about this, but I'm just like, eh, it is what it is, I guess, right? Anyway, um, in terms of business at Comics Coffee Metal. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff in the works, definitely for sure. Um, as I mentioned last episode, the Spend the Night comic I did for Jackie Kong and Kong Comics is uh, rapidly uh, coming to comic shops. She's contacting a whole bunch of shops on the East Coast. She's doing a signing uh, at Forbidden Planet in New York during New York Comic Con. All the Kickstarter backers are getting it. There's been a lot of great feedback on the book. And though I may have you know, <laughs> had some trouble getting into a work groove with with how jackie does things um as as a person as 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 a creative i respect her a lot and uh i think we're gonna i think i'm gonna be on for for issue two so let's see how that goes (laughs) uh still some discussions to be had but i'm looking forward to that uh my project evie and the housings with uh steve bryant we decided to push that to early 2023 Steve's got a lot going on. He's a very, very busy man. I'm very busy as well. And we want to make sure... We both feel very strongly we want this book to be incredibly special and put everything we have into it. And we don't want to half-ass anything on it. So we're making sure everything we do is the absolute best we can do. We can spend all the time we need to spend on it to get it right. So look for that soon. I'll be talking about that more as the year wraps up. And then, uh, yeah, I got a couple uh, fun short stories in the works. Uh, working on some more music again which is really fun and i'm talking to a couple pr firms about getting some really 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 cool guests for the show um i don't want to count chickens before they hatch but i you know a couple of these pr firms they're reaching out to smaller creators like myself and saying like hey you know what can we do here's my list of people who are you interested in what can we do so i'm taking a few big swings (laughs) and a few smaller swings but still bigger than uh, I'm used to uh, type things to get some people on the show. Uh, I'm working on, again, still working on some more video content. I'd hope to have some more done by now, but things happen. Um, I'm kind of recovering from just a month-long back injury thing. And anyone who's dealing with chronic pain, my heart goes out to you because I had to deal with, uh, I'm still kind of dealing with it a little bit, but a bad back constant. For an entire month 
when I'm only used to it bothering me like a few days at a time. Ugh, God, it sucks. It sucks so bad. <laughs> um, so, but I'm hoping to have that. And then also this month, you know, I got some really awesome, awesome creators lined up to talk on the show. I have my first fastest returning guest and uh, it's going to be an awesome show. And also I'm going to be doing some live streams every month. Uh, in August, I will be doing one with Jonathan Lamantia or Lamancha, however you want. He wants us to pronounce it. Uh, the amazing artist and buddy I've had on before. We're going to do a live stream. It's going to be just a general hang. You know, we're both going to be working, chatting. I'll be asking him some questions about stuff he's doing and vice versa. And yeah, it's just going to be a really good time. I'll make sure I have that all on the social media and all that, so you can come hang out on YouTube and uh, chat with us. You know, it's it's just going to be a big old hangout. And then yeah. So that, that seems like enough, right? I hope that's enough. Um, aside from that, uh, I've been reading some really cool comics and listening to some really, really awesome metal. So let's get to that. It's time for the recommendations. Oh, hello, fellow humans. You caught me in the middle of drinking coffee while reading comics and listening to metal. Do you ever get curious about how your favorite creators get their inspiration? Have you ever wondered what led them down this path? Well, join me, noted comic book heartthrob Grant Stoy, as I do deep dive interviews with some of the best comic book folks around on Into the Comics Cave. Each week we examine a creator's history and find out stuff like where they grew up or whether or not birds with lips are sexy. You can find us on Apple, Stitchers, and most anywhere you stream your podcasts. Now back to my favorite hugger in the world, Don Cardenas. All right, time for my music recommendation. This week, I have the EP Rotoscope from Spirit Box. Now, this EP is a couple weeks old, but it is just an amazing, amazing piece of work. Uh, any chance I get, you know, casual listeners know, I'm going to talk about Spirit Box. They have rapidly become one of my favorite bands, and here they just keep cementing themselves <laughs> in, the, in that for me. So, uh, yeah, Rotoscope is a... I don't want to say it's a bit of a departure because it, it's really hard to classify the genres of Spirit Box. They just kind of take everything and do what they want to do. You know, they're not afraid of big melodies and big choruses. They're not afraid to get really, really heavy and nasty with the vocals and the, and the riffs. And they're not afraid to, you know, get a little technical. They're not afraid to just, you know, chug on the <laughs> chug on the open strings a bit. It's really, really cool. They just kind of do what they do, and they're just really great at writing songs. And it feels like, especially with this with this EP, that they're going even further in both directions. Um, they are getting lighter and more airy and more popish, and, and, and uh, I don't want to say like mainstream, but more you know more of the usual welcoming kind of sound you would get from. Uh, you know, something on the radio but then also just having that adverse reaction or the the opposite reaction to what's happening and just getting really 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 nasty uh the title track rotoscope is just it, it might be my favorite song of theirs ever it it reminds me very much of like mid-90s garbage and then it just transforms into this just brutal brutal uh heavy thing and just bounces back and forth between that and there's a part in the course where uh when they they kick these synths in and just for some reason it just like lights up all the 
you know, happy music centers in my brain. And then they just, you know, waver from that. And then, you know, they're not afraid to just get real nasty with it and get them guttural vocals going and the low-tuned guitars just chugging away. And yeah, and it's all wrapped up in this really tight song, you know, with with great lyrics and, and great melodies. And it's just why this band is not like immense at this point I do not get I, I understand there's like a barrier of entry for some people with the harsh vocals but the way they're going now like I don't know it's gonna happen and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens with one of the songs off of this EP because not only is Rotoscope one of my favorite songs of theirs ever possibly my favorite song of theirs ever the uh, second track Sew Me Up is just another amazing song it has that kind of um, twisted dark kind of you know, twisty harmony thing in the vocals I really love. And the thing with Spirit Box, as I mentioned before, is they're not afraid to get real simple with their riffs and, and, and all that because their arrangements are so good and, the, and everything else around it is so good that when it is just a simple type riff or something like that, it's delivered with such confidence that it's not like, oh, they can only play this. It's like, no, they're playing this because it's the right thing to do. It's the right decision to make for this song. And yeah, it's just an amazing, amazing song as well. Uh, Hysteria is also really great. It's more synthy, synth-based, and, and uh, a bit more airy. And I would not be surprised if this is one of the songs that takes off. Because it is very, very... It's got a huge crossover appeal. Yes, there's a very heavy end at the part. But I think that the lead-up to it and all that, I think it just... I don't know why I, I haven't heard this on the radio yet. I just, I'm gonna keep saying this about Spearbox. I, I think they're an amazing band. They are one of the few bands that I, if they come to town, I gotta figure out a way to see them, you know? And uh, bonus, I think I'm getting my wife into them too as well. So <laughs> win win there. Uh, but yeah, they're an amazing band. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just staggering that that they, they keep excelling at what they do and doing all this. And just when I thought like they're, first LP Eternal Blue was like alright let's see what happens next because they're they're really good it might be a little bit of a slump and it's like oh no they're coming out with something a little bit different a little bit wider uh, expansion of influences and it's just even better <laughs> so it's it's stunning to be honest but um yeah the uh, current lineup of uh, Courtney LaPlante on vocals Mike Stringer on guitar Zev Rosenberg on drums and uh, I don't think they have a permanent bass player yet, but they currently have a Josh Gilbert, for, formerly of As I Lay Dying, on bass. And yeah, they're, they're all playing top-notch. And, and everything they're doing is serving the song, and it's just it's just a joy to listen to. I look forward to everything they do, and yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. Naturally, I'm going to toss a rotoscope here for you to listen to, but it's three songs on this EP. Go check it out. It is so worth your time. Even if you think, like, I don't know if this is really for me, I implore you to check it out. I think you will find something in there that you will enjoy. All right. Spirit Box Rotoscope. Here we go.
Hey there, I'm Liana Kangas, and I'm actually the co-host of Comics Inebriated, a podcast about current and past events for history and weird facts about comics, pop culture. And all the while, uh, we actually sit down with our fun special guests and have a quick drink. And one of those guests is actually Don of this very podcast. So come over, come hang out, come listen to it, and enjoy your time for the rest of this podcast. All right, time for my comic book recommendation. This week, I had a chance to get an advanced look at Kilchella, issues one and two, from Scout Comics. Kilchella was written and created by Mario Candelaria, uh, drawn by Serge Acuna for issue one and the first two pages of issue two, with the rest of issue two's art duties being handled by Lotoro Havlovich, uh, colored by Catherine Lobo for Serge's pages and Leslie Atlansky for Lautaro's pages. I hope I'm saying your name right, Lautaro. I'm, apologies for screwing it up. Uh, letter by Matt Crocher, editors James Ferguson, Andrea Lorenzo Molinari, with production help by Sean Callahan. And I know Mario's had a long road with this book, getting it, you know, finished and out, and he's he's sunk so much of himself into this book, and uh, I'm pleased to tell my friend that you, you're doing a fucking awesome job, dude. <laughs> I'm swearing a lot this episode, but um, it's good swearing. It's happy swearing. Uh, it, it's it's really, really, really cool book. Um, Coachella is about a group of friends going to uh, a music festival re- referred to as Cella, <laughs> I'm sure for legal reasons. Uh, if they named the actual uh, festival here, I, might, I, I missed it. But uh, along the way, there's a lot of uh, kind of murdery stuff happening, and there's a whole big conspiracy type, uh, gigantic mass murder thing possibly about to happen. And it is it is very 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 well done. Uh, it's kind of taking that road trip to the big event uh, idea and like tossing in the some slasher tropes, but also like the big foreboding cult type things. And it just mixes all these things together really, really well. Mario does, as usual, a fantastic job with the characters, uh, getting us to know them and, and care about them. And, uh, you know, making some things happen to certain people uh, a bit more tragic than, uh, than normally we would be this early into a series. It is really, really well done. Um, Serge's art is great. He's one of the you know up and coming artists in the in the big two. I think he's doing a bunch of stuff at uh, DC now. And uh, though Lotoro comes in on the second issue, they just instantly make the book their own. A fantastic choice. Uh, it's not a one to one style representation. Lotoro definitely has their own style and very. Uh, very much so it fits the tone of the book fantastically well. Uh, it, it Even though their styles weren't completely the same, it, it didn't feel like we, we skipped it. You know, it's very difficult to do with artist changes in a book. And it just felt like a natural progression and just, yeah, I wasn't taken out by the story at any point, um, even though I, I knew it was coming because <laughs> I read the credits and all that. I, I completely just forgot it within the first two pages. And... So credit, credit to the team for just doing a fantastic job. Uh, there's a lot of great storytelling elements on here. There's a really, really great sequence in the end of the second issue that uh, I, I can't spoil. I don't want to say too much to spoil. I know I, I do that a lot with the recommendations. I don't tell you too much about the story or things that happen because I want I don't want to spoil them for you. This isn't a review or a spoiler thing. It's a recommendation. So I definitely, definitely think you should go 
uh, checkout previews. I'll make sure there's an order code in the show notes so you can order it and have your uh, retailer order it from Scout Comics and get Kilchilla issue one and two all ordered up. Uh, pre-orders for independent books are so massively important and I, I really want to see this book do as well as it possibly can because it is done at a fantastically high caliber of work and it's just a really, really cool story. So congrats to the team for getting it done uh, and getting it out there and I w- want this to have as much success as possible because it definitely is one of those books that deserves it. So do what you got to do. Pause the show. Go to the show notes. Go follow Mario Candelaria on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, that other Mario C. And order this book. Get it in your inbox. Read it. Love it. Adore it. And you'll be one of those people who are like, I read that book when it first came out. When you know, Whenever A24 picks it up to be their next big movie or something like that. So because uh, this definitely has those vibes and in the best possible way so yeah check it out Killchella issues one and two and it is now time for my guest today i am joined by the amazing artist of lord of gore hack slash and the webcomic metal ice cream daniel i already forgot how you told me to pronounce your last name leister leister yes thank you for joining me today no problem I'm here. So, so before we get into all these amazing projects you've you've done and are are, are working on, I I, I got to do it. I got to ask you, comics, coffee, metal. What are you digging right now? Let's see. Which one do you want to start? Your coffee dealers. Your choice, sir. Let's start with coffee. Let's my, go for it. My choice. Let's let's start with coffee. Right now, I am drinking. I think just like a regular, regular blend, like a mild blend, and then I put some. Okay little half and half and then a tiny bit of hazelnut creamer in it so it's i try not to overdo it but i probably mm-hmm. do <laughs> we all do a little bit here. Ah. <laughs> there mm. you go. it's always good i don't know it's drink a choice to try to wake up at night because i i usually work from nine till about min- uh, two in the morning so okay i need that little spark juice to keep going uh, I, I don't, I don't go until two, but yeah, I definitely, usually, I usually start around nine myself and it's usually, mm. uh, it's usually that extra cup of coffee I need. Just a day. little kick. Yeah. So, you know, you don't, you don't, you didn't sound like you're too, I guess, particular about your coffee, but do you have like a favorite brand or? Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll try stuff, you know, and, and see what it's like. I, I know, like we talked earlier that, uh, I wanted to try to get into um, maybe getting it to more towards tea where I'm not putting as much milk in it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I still have a hard time with the bitterness. So yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. It's just kind of a nice drink that I have while I'm kind of working. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not too critical about it. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, I've talked to all types. You know, we, we've uh, had people on the oh, show. Oh, I know. I've heard I've heard a few of the interviews, and some okay. of the guys like have they've got like the whole setup when they can make their own macchiato or their little <laughs> yeah. total roasted coffee. And yeah, some of that yeah. sounds so cool. Mm. I think, yeah, I think Daniel Warren Johnson had like the most uh, fancy setup with the espresso machine that, and all that. And that that was the last episode I listened to. Yeah, I, I listened. That was yeah, a good one. Yeah. So um, awesome, awesome. Okay, cool, cool. So, what about comics? What comics have you been digging lately? I've I've actually been reading mostly kids books because <laughs> I just have three kids, so I've been mostly reading those. Um, the the one I'm 
struggling to get through. I mean, it's not struggling because it's bad. It's just whenever I get a second to sit down and read it is uh, The Wake by, was it um, Scott Snyder and uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, I think. And okay. just about, just a really fun, crazy um, world. And I, I don't want to like give anything away or anything, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like a horror underwater book. Really cool. Cool, cool. And then I've been trying, been trying to get in. I've been doing a lot of like reading on visual storytelling and just kind of trying to go back and re-educate myself a bit to see if maybe mm-hmm. if I miss something or just if I can learn more, which would always be nice. Um, so just kind of going through a lot of those books now, and I'm reading one called uh, Framed Ink. Yes, which that was is, an which excellent is, one. Yeah, I'm reading that one now and about mostly composition. That was really cool. Yeah. Whenever I'm doing layouts, I feel like I'm getting stuck. I always like to pull out that book and just kind of like, it's a good recharge, I think, mm. just seeing, even just being reminded of things like that, that I'm supposed to know. And you just, you know, when you're, but when you're in it, sometimes you're, you're just kind of stuck and you're like, ah, the, the thing that keeps getting me right now is tangents. I get, keep uh, getting these damn tangents and I'm like, <laughs> I can't get past them. I think I'm pretty good with them now, but when I first switched to drawing like a hundred percent digital a couple years ago, mm-hmm. insane amount of tangents, like thankfully it was digital. So I, I just like nudge things. Yeah. Yeah. Just, really yeah, just move it out of the way. But when yeah, did you like, when you really started noticing what was it like, ah, uh, uh, I, I think I'm starting to get to the point where I'm noticing more and more. I'm like, Oh, there it is. There it is. And yeah, when that happens, I, then it's like a turn. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I want to say about four or five months in, I, it became less like, Oh my God, I just pages full of tangents. And it was, it was like, as I'm drawing it, I'm like, Oh, that's going to be a tangent. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I, I, I think it was just, you know, and also I think drawing digitally, it afforded me a lot more freedom to draw. And I was able to draw a whole lot more because it was more portable. Uh, so I wasn't like relegated to when buying paper are, or ink or yeah, anything. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, cause I can't bust out like a pen and nib when my kids are around because they're going to be just all over it. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I, not I, able to get too many pages done when my kids are around. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, with the, with the iPad and all that, I can I can easily, uh, well, not super easily, but yeah, I can definitely sneak them in more, <laughs> get more. Yeah, time in. Uh, yeah, totally. I I remember writing, um, starting writing Metal Ice Cream when my was my second or third, I think my third son was born, and I was just he was up at night, and I'm just sitting there on my uh, my my Surface Pro just writing the script just while he's trying to put him to sleep. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's this is one of those things where it's just like, ah, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't speak to a ton of people who are uh, other creators who have kids. You know, a lot of the creators I've, I've spoken to are um, not there yet or at a much younger stage <laughs> in life. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have a, a fellow dad. On <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I kind of like um, after. The second one was born. My second born, Olden was born. Um, I slowed down with uh, comics a lot. With at least not with comics, but just the the monthly gig because I was doing mm-hmm. Wonderland before that for a few years, and then right into that, I did 
Hackslash. And that was almost on a monthly basis. So I was just pushing every month to try to get a book done. And, and that schedule and having kids isn't very kosher. At least I, I just don't think I could do it very well. So I kind of pulled back on comics for a while. And now they're all about to go, starting to go back to school. So I'm getting more and more time back. So I'm starting to um, get back more into the comic book part instead of just drawing okay. like covers and. What are their ages, stuff. if you don't mind? Uh, my youngest is two and a half. He'll, eh, he'll be three okay. in August. Um, uh, um, Jonah, and then. Okay. Middle one, Olden, O-L-D-E-N. He is five and a half. And then the older okay. one, who just turned eight, is Bishop. Okay. Some great names. <laughs> I know. I actually, I'm surprised I got that one. And I got that one from uh, Aliens. And yeah. <laughs> I figured either Aliens um, or X-Men. <laughs> everybody, everybody asks X-Men. I'm like, no, Aliens. And uh, <laughs> I just thought it was, I always thought it was nice. a cool name. And my wife actually went to her high school is called Bishop Watterson. Mm -hmm. So she was totally down with it. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. I got a couple of kids running nice. around. Yeah. My, uh, I have two, my, my uh, daughter is six and my son is going to be three in September. Um, so I'm right oh, there with, very nice. Um, they're pretty much <laughs> the same age. Uh, so yeah, mm, definitely, huh. you know, and we're, uh, I'm, I think with, I think with a lot of like comic book parents, I think the struggle is because to get the stuff done is because we're also trying to be the full-time parent as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and manage that. And I know some who are more successful at it because they, their kids go to daycare still and all that just because they're, but you know, for, I, for I know, us, I know mainly for me that was the draw was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't quit my full-time job to be a comic book artist. I quit it to be dad because that was worked for our family. Um, and while I mm -hmm. still have other things I do to help, you know, financially and all that, the comic book thing was just kind of what I did around everything else. And, you know, mm -hmm. thankfully for me, you know, it seems to be my comic book stuff is picking up. So that's fantastic. And if, and if it coincides next year with my son entering preschool for a few hours a day, like, Hey, <laughs> I wouldn't mind having, a what are you working on extra, right now? Uh, hours of like, uh, right now I'm working on Work a creator time. own series with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, Steve Bryant. Do you know Steve Bryant? Mm -hmm. Any chance? I I yeah, I honestly uh, feel like after this COVID thing, I haven't gone to like talk to anybody, and I need to like relearn everybody's yeah. name and face. <laughs> yeah, you know, Steve's one of the guys I've known for like the absolute longest time. He's like the first creator I ever mm -hmm. went up to and spoke to at a, at a show. And he and I are working on a real fun book. Nice. Um, that we're hoping to kickstart. Do you mind if I ask what it's called? September? Oh yeah, it's called Evie and the Hellsings. And Evie uh, and the Hellsings, cool. Yeah, it's basically uh, what if the last uh, remaining Hellsing didn't want to hunt vampires and just wanted to rock and roll? And <laughs> what if she had a, uh, no choice but to do both? Nice. So, <laughs> so it, it's, kind it's a, of hor a horrible my, decision she has. Yeah. Um, 
kicking ass, uh, melting faces, or, or steak and heart. What's she going to do? Um, so it's a real fun book. I'm working on the first issue, and we're hoping to have that in Kickstarter in September, I think, we're, we're talking about it. We wanted to have, you know, we just want to make sure all our ducks in a row and everything's done. And totally. I'm not, I'm not trying to finish pages while the Kickstarter is happening and all that. We want to be done mm-hmm. and rolling. Um, but, you know, I just have a horror book with, uh, uh, I was doing uh, a lot of finishes and reworks uh, for a book called um, Spend the Night. It was written by a horror director, Jackie Kong. Um, she did this is that, movie, uh, it, Blood Diner, in the 80s. That seems to have a large... Hmm, I'll have to look that one. I don't think I've heard of it. Blood Diner? No, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it, it's it's one of those uh, like cult-following ones where it's... Uh, I, I, I remember ever seeing it, but um, I think she's shot some other, a couple other ones, too. That, But, um, yeah, my buddy was... Uh, attached to do the art he couldn't do it all so he's ended up doing layouts so then i stepped in to do finishes and ended up doing mm-hmm. like a bit more than that uh, based on her revisions and all that but you know we finished it, it it's it's gonna be pretty fun it's like a you know cool the it's like a you know a slasher style supernatural book um set up fun when it comes out and then uh yeah you know i got a bunch of shorts and stuff to do but you know, we're not here to talk about me. You got me talking about me. No one cares oh, about sorry. me. We're not here about you, sir. <laughs> I'm I'm listening. Um, I'm curious. So, <laughs> that's right. That's fine. But um, I, you know, you you bring out cons, and I just was reminded of something because I I remember seeing your banner at shows and all that, and now I'm thinking, did I ever offer you a bagel at C2E2? Oh, I'm sure. Probably, yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember I think we might have sat across the row from each other and for a while at C2E2 on Sundays I would bring bagels and just offer them to people uh, you know oh, before, yeah, yeah. I'm you sure know, yeah there's always stuff that happens with people in Artist Alley opens up yeah I know <laughs> yeah. now I, yeah, do you, have you been to a show recently or have you been to any shows no no I've um, you know since my son's not vaxxed yet and um, I don't mm-hmm. really have a bunch of new stuff yet for a show. I haven't really felt it's justified to go do it yet. Um, mm-hmm. I I love C two E two. You know, I, I it's my favorite show. It's the like the one big show I would do, but I can't. Yeah, I can't justify the risk quite yet. I'm hoping when it's back in March next year that I'll. Uh, are they are they moving it back a bit? Yeah. Yeah, you know, okay. I don't know officially, but I've heard a lot of, you know, behind the scenes stuff to where like that's why they're kind of doing it in August now because they did it because de- they did it in December, then in August, and then they'll be back in to its normal time slot. Cool. All right. Um, so there's there there's that. Uh, but I am doing a uh, as of recording on this coming Saturday. I'm doing a little library show I, I used to do every year. That's back. And that's, you know, that's real fun. You know, it's just, it's not like, you know, I make a ton of money or anything like that there, but you know, it, it, go there, spend five hours, um, see little kids act like you're a freaking wizard. Cause you can draw. <laughs> no, you that, no, it's a great, that's people, a, those are great places to do it. Absolutely. Bring see, some books see, and show yeah. stuff and see a few local buddies and all that. And 
you know, kind of hang out a bit and it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. You know, and I like supporting the library shows because mm -hmm. they're just really fun. You know, I think more people should do them. I've told countless, you know, other creators who are just like, you know, starting to do shows like, Oh, what should I do? I'm like, go, go find local library shows, man. Like in your suburbs or whatever, like go do those. Those are so low pressure, but they'll get you right. They'll, they'll like, you know, they're fun. And you know, you never know. I've gotten a few advertising gigs from this particular show, actually. Nice. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, it, so you never know what, what's going to shape up, you know? So, you know, if you're listening, dear listeners, uh, and you want to do a convention, but the big ones you can't get in or they're too daunting, do, do library shows, man. They're, 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 they're one day, a few hours. Yeah, it is pretty nice, actually. I've done a couple of them there. They are yeah. where you just hang out and chill and talk to people about whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, one of the years I was there, uh, uh, there was a, what's his name, Jeffy Brown. I think he does the, he does a lot of the uh, Star Wars kids books now, um, and he mm -hmm. was he was doing like a little panel for the kids, and that was just like this is fun. Like everyone was stopped, even in artist alley, everyone's because it was like all in the one big room, and everyone's just kind of stopped and looking over at him, like drawing, like, showing little kids how to draw Yoda, and just you know we're all the uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's it, it's it's fun. It's fun stuff like that. So, but okay, enough about that. Let's get into let's get into the good stuff. Let's get into some metal. What do it? What metal have you been thinking lately? What's 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 your prefer? Do you have a preferred like style of metal you like? I, a lot recently, I think I've been listening to more industrial stuff. Like uh, okay. my 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 number one for a long time has been Nine Inch Nails. Mm -hmm. um, I've been jumping around with a lot of synth wave. Uh, and Sepultura a little bit in there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure exactly if I listen to straight metal anymore. Like I listen to this one band called Rain that did like a cover of Wicked Games. It was fun. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I like, I I like yeah, some good lot, synth in my in my metal. Like what? Like what bands? Like I'm listening to. Um, like the biggest one right now is Perturbator. And laser hawk, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like some of those guys are just just have such really great atmosphere and like. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Which one? Have you have you listened to a uh, dance with the dead? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I got some good stuff really, too. Um, you might like this band. They're called Master Boot Record. Master, hang on, um, let me write that down. Master Boot Record. Yeah, it's all instrumental synths. It's all made, you know, on the computer and all that, mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, it's, but it's heavy metal, like the, you know, the styling of the riffage and stuff like that. It's, it's all metal, but it's got that, it. you know, mid nineties, midi synth <laughs> kind of thing happening. And they have a ton of albums. Uh, they're all, you know, is it a band is or is it just one guy or, uh, it's one guy, but I know he's done shows. Mm -hmm. um, and brings a I band think, to back uh, him up with it. Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, this isn't a knock, but it's all all his albums. He's pretty prolific, but it's all his albums they kind of like sound the same. It's not mm -hmm. a bad thing. Um, it's just yeah. So there's no real like start here like <laughs> variation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they're all pretty much you know. It's kind of like you know Slayer. It's like it's all pretty much what it is <laughs> do you have a specific one that maybe i start at or that you like like um, better uh you know what 
let me let me pull this up because I'll I'll tell you I think it's one of their first albums because they've I think at first I listened to them about four or five years ago and mm-hmm. he's he's definitely grown his audience since then but the first album is what kind of got me um scroll past my Megadeth Mastodon here we go Master Boot Record Megadeth. um uh shit which one's the earliest one. <laughs> Uh, I think, well, there's, it, it's kind of hard. The, the titles are very much like MS-DOS. <laughs> that, 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 that totally goes. That's all we can talk about. Uh, talk about like my one, titles from my book. Yeah. His first, his, I think the first album is like C colon forward slash check disc slash. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, yeah, it's. But I think the I think the first uh, those are all EPs. I think the first official album is called Direct Memory Access, mm-hmm. and that was in 2018. So yeah, that that that'll get you, that'll get you the the gist I'll of the start, band. I'll start there. Cool. Yeah. No, but um, what I was saying is the um for Metal Ice Cream, jumping back over there for a second, that um how they have the titles kind of to be more computer oriented. Uh, I was originally going to yeah. title like the chapters for metal ice cream. Like uh, this first one was going to be like lost in space or something like that. Kind of like TV showy. But I know Kirkman did that with invincible. He like did a lot of eighties sitcoms for yeah. his trades. It's like, ah, that's, that's what he did. But he, I thought the idea was so cool. And eventually mm-hmm. I think one of my patrons like mentioned something about maybe naming it after ice cream flavors since it's called metal ice cream. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> idea so this first story arc's uh gonna be rocky road and the next one's gonna be called neapolitan (laughs) that's awesome so i thought i thought that was fun i I don't know this this whole book i'm just trying to have fun and and please my inner geek (laughs) i mean the the, it's the spirit of it of the idea what you're looking for is for sure um but yeah well since we're into it let's talk about it let's jump um metal ice cream so you know, you've again. You mentioned you've worked with Xenoscope. You've done some mm-hmm. hack slash. Um, what led to Metal Ice Cream? What you know, because it's a web comic. So, what led to that decision of going mm-hmm. that route with it? Um, but it's kind of a lot of things. I did. Uh, it, I wanted to be a more mature book, kind of like a heavy metal type book, where I could do more basically just try to go more adult places. I'm not talking like porn or anything, but just drug use or sexual content in a way that's just, I can talk about it. You know, like I can have the carriers talked about those things and not worried about, um, uh, like ratings or anything like that. And, uh, I, it's also just a very odd concept and I don't, I didn't know if anybody, if I went to like straight to Kickstarter with it, I didn't think I would have enough fans, a fan base to jump on it, to make it worth it. So okay. I thought that seeing, uh, I starting like several years ago when I, when I first started working on it, I started to see how web comic book sites like Webtoons, Tapas, Smack Jeeves were getting a lot of followers to, to the different books and everything. And then when they, I would see these projects then go over to Kickstarter and ever, almost like maybe not everybody that they have, but it, a pretty good number of people that they had on the, um, the web 
browser sites would go over to the Kickstarter and pick up a good amount of the book. So I think this is, it, it felt for me, one of those things where I want to get the audience for the book first before mm-hmm. kind of jumping the gun on anything else. No, that makes, that, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I get, I get what you're saying. Like you, you wanted to, to make the book on the way you wanted to make it. Yep. Yep. You know, I, and, I, and, and not worry about all these things. Yeah. And I'm sure like when I put up the one on the website, it's going to be on the online, it's going to be slightly edited because it's free on my Patreon. It's mm-hmm. totally like unedited. Uh, and when okay. I do the Kickstarter, I'll probably do an unedited version of the book there. Um, but it's, I honestly, it's pretty vanilla. It's like just rated, like rated our book and that's about it, what it would mm-hmm. be accountable to. Uh, but I just wanted to, I have this invisible line in my head sometimes of a line I can't cross in comic books. I'm like, wait, these are my comic books. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to break a lot of that stuff in my, those, those barriers in my head, try to get through them. No, I, I, I get it. Just because I know there's a stigma every time it's like, oh, this is an adult comic. It's like, oh, so it's going to be, you know, it's like, no, it's just, it's, it's not going to shy away from things. Just more it's more going to be, it's going to be. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just yeah. a bit more adult subject matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, there know. Is it's, just, the, it's just where I am right now. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's worth, you know, exploring and like seeing how you do something without boundaries and without, you know, cause I think, you know, for the most part, most, most of us self-censor things a lot, not necessarily mm-hmm. graphic things, but it's like, we, we think about things in a filter of how other people are going to perceive them. Mm-hmm. Be, yeah. it, be it creative decisions, be it, you know, how something is portrayed or what the, the topic is being the topic of discussion or what we're, we're doing. So to kind of approach it with like, not worrying about that. I think. Oh, I, I worried about really... it. I'm not saying I'm not worried. <laughs> I, I'm just trying not to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. well, 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 with the idea of knowing that you can do what you want, no one's going to stop you. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's more freeing than, you know, it, it's infinitely more freeing than worrying about someone not liking a direction you're taking something because. Mm-hmm. You want to, you know, talk about drug use, or you want to talk about, you know, something more, you know, mature. You know, it's just, yeah, a lot of those things get coached under the idea that, oh, it's going to be, you know, a sex book, and it's like it's not what you're saying. You're saying that it's not, it's not a taboo thing within the book. And right. you know, I think that's. Well, we'll see I, how I people think, take that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think it's within. All creators, you know, it's like it, it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, that aspect of it. it. Whatever violence, you know, as you mentioned, you know, drug use or just topics that are being discussed, you know, like heavy topics can be discussed in a mature book. It doesn't have to be, you know, have the stigma of like, oh, it's only mature because of X, Y, Z or whatever. So, mm-hmm. no, no, I, 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 I'm I a long way I... of making around to saying, yes, great idea. Do it, do it your way. And if you need, if you feel like you need to pull it back, then you 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 make that decision, right? <laughs> not, I don't know. It's like a kid, I kind of compare it in terms. Can't have I, this. It's you thinking like I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, it it kind of comes down to that where it's you have to rely on your own moral compass, kind of thing. Like there's a scene where it gets a little bit. 
not quite graphic, but just the kind the the yeah. Uh, the situation is a bit graphic and I've been questioning how much I want to push it. And that kind of thing is all in my corner because it's mine. Mm-hmm. It, it's mine to, to screw up or go too far. So it's very much, you figure out where your own limits are. Yeah. Or where yeah. you, at least for the story. Cause I, I feel, I feel each story is a bit different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like this story just doesn't quite call for it. It doesn't doesn't need that much. Yeah. Mm. Well, well. Spe- speaking of the story and, and all that, like, what is what is metal ice cream? <laughs> let's, uh, good. Let's have go. <laughs> That's what a good question. I, I I haven't talked that much about that. I need to do that more. Um, basically, it's a, a like the elevator pitch I came up with is a little bit weird let me let me try it out and hang on let me pull this up real quick it's like a when harry met sally in space vibe with a heavy metal twist to it if that makes any sense whatsoever basically there's this uh, the main character is a woman named jennifer crush who is at the beginning of the book stranded on her uh basically like a very small jet ship kind of thing it's in space and after being escaping from space pirates and who have killed her crew and everything she's stranded in space and the sleeping pods she could have used to like put herself to sleep like in aliens just are shot to crap and aren't working so she's mm-hmm. just drinking beer and just calling random space channels to see if she can find anybody and eventually her ship's about to like just run out of batteries and air and everything. And she bumps into this giant floating ship in the middle of space and doesn't have a choice, but to basically put a spacesuit on jump over and try to get onto the other ship. And, uh, the whole thing end up, ends up being almost empty except for this round little red man that she finds and a robot who are apparently piloting this big giant ship by themselves and uh, kind of, it's just a A to B where she's trying to get back to like a civilized space station, and then the stuff that goes wrong on the way there. <laughs> so it's from there, it just kind of picks up and goes in several different directions. They eventually, they kind of get to where they're going, but it, it takes a lot longer than they expected. <laughs> nice. When when did the the concept come to you? Was it something you were kind of passing around for a while or was it very much like i got this idea let's make it happen well this all right this is kind of weird um the initial like the nugget like the the teeny tiny nugget i i finally figured out where it came from oh i kind of know where it came from when i was a kid back in california uh during all that time we were talking about like uh all that really cool stuff was coming out the metal bands and everything and uh uh, yeah, they, I, I was hanging out with my friend Matt Stanley at the time, and he showed me this like underground comic book. And on the cover of it was like this, uh, uh, it was like a woman, a topless woman, and this round man walking through like a bog towards the audience. And I think that okay. if I think I was trying to think about that earlier, and I think that might have been the first nude woman I've seen drawn. 
at that time. And I was like, Oh, what is this? And I was like, Oh, and <laughs> I don't, I did. I couldn't remember anything about the inside of the comic book or the name. And it just kind of was like floating in the back of my head for years and years and years. And I would ask people every night again, do you, do you know that comic book? Does that make any sense? And people would just look at me crazy. And then I, I ended up one day just going, you know what? I, I just want to draw it and see what, cause I could, I had it in my head for so long and I just drew it and it ended up being the cover for issue three where it's Jennifer crush and red walking, uh, kind of through this bog and their ship crashed in the background. And, and that kind of got the story started. That's where I started thinking about what is that story about? And that kind of mm. started trickling off from there and I started writing ideas down and then uh and just kind of kept bubbling up and bubbling up and I wrote a uh I had a job at um Blick Art Material for a while there while I was like downplaying my uh full-time comic book career and trying not to draw every, every month while having kids and uh mm-hmm. I wrote the the outline for it while there just kind of when when you're just wandering around the store, just cleaning up or something like that, I, I'd write down notes and uh, wrote down the layout, the yeah, yeah. outline for it. And then after my son was born, I, I just started started writing it. And then uh, shortly after that, once I edited it, I, I just started drawing it. I just wanted to do it because I'd finished my first creator book, Werewolf Run, and knew this was kind of the one I, I wanted to go into after that. And then come back around to the comic book i when i started posting the pages on my patreon and and showing showing the extras and everything to uh, my patrons and and talking back and forth with them about the book and then i started talking about this where the image came from in my head and one of them came up and i think i did this i can't remember it was patreon or facebook someone threw up and said is this the book and they threw up this book from like the night was it 1979 1981 or something like that called zero and it was the exact book i was like holy crap (laughs) and uh i looked at it and it was like a black and white underground comic book and they they actually sent me the copy it was really cool they sent me the copy of the book and i read through the book i read through the book and it had nothing to do with i had in my head (laughs) and that cover image was like a very very teeny teeny tiny part and i was like okay all right but uh, just to just to be able to see it again, it's like I wasn't crazy, you know. I that I don't know if you've ever had one of those things. Just like I have this thing I think I've seen before, but I haven't seen it since, and it just drove me crazy. But I'm glad I kind of got it out. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, that that that's that's certainly uh, uh, a long gestating. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> At least I know. Image Sorry, so that's a long one. I on. that's. I know that's one of the um, no 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 like the, just the idea that you saw this image back when you were younger, and then you're it just stuck with you so so much that you just you had to figure it out, and in the end you something yeah. new whole and based on from you know reading the material from that image, it's not it's not you know something oh you're just rehashing what they did it's like no just this one little image spawned this whole new other story this whole new other idea. That's pretty cool. Pretty much. Yeah. The name came came about a little bit differently. That one. How 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 do we get 
How do we get to Nix? I do want to know. Uh, I, it is such a fun, unique name. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I actually looked it up and I got the URL for it. I got the metalicecream.com. And it's, it's like $1,000 now if I sold it. It's like, sweet. Um, but <laughs> also there's a... There's, <laughs> I got that money. I got that money. Um, but also I looked it up and there's an actual metal ice cream where it's like this black kind of ice cream, but it looks kind of shiny. And I was like, that's so cool. If I ever get enough dough behind me, I would totally like at a convention have a, a metal ice cream social and have ice cream and have people <laughs> hang out and just and just promote the book and talk to people. I thought that'd be so cool. Um, but the title I got, I whenever I don't know about you, whenever I get ideas for stuff like titles or uh, dialogue, I'll just write it down somewhere. And uh, I got this idea. I think I think I was kind of mixing words too. Um, I don't know what it's called, but like when Marilyn Manson, you put two things together that are completely opposite and they kind of come together with, I don't remember what it's, it's called when you do that, but just playing around with names like that and metal and ice cream, kind of two completely opposite things, but it sounded so cool. And the original story idea that I had for it, which I may actually use at some point within this story is that, uh, there were, some people on a spaceship out in the middle of a spaceship and the spaceship was slowly falling apart and they had to keep putting it back together. But it's a piece at a time. They slowly losing their space on the ship. And eventually they're just going to run out of ship in pieces <laughs> like melting ice cream. Uh, they, so I was like, I was like, that, that was kind of cool. That is a cool idea too. You should definitely pocket that one for, uh, for later use. For sure. I know. I know. I'm, I'm holding on. I'm holding on to it. We'll see, we'll see. So um, when you contacted me to, to come on the show and all that, you mentioned that you're relaunching or or restarting, I guess. Yeah, the, it's, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what to say. I like I, I started it up uh, two, two years ago or so, and the first issue and a half is already online for free. So anybody can check it out right now on um, um, Webtoons, Tapas. Uh, it used to be on Smack G's, but Smack G's isn't around anymore. Um, I'm going to try a new one called Comics Fury, I think, and and my DeviantArt site. So uh, it's pretty much all over the place. It's just like you could almost look up Metal Ice Cream, I think, and find something. Um, well, that's the thing about having such a unique title, too. It's like... You know, it's pr- pretty easy to Google. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, and then shoot, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? Sorry. Um, the relaunch. The relaunch. Relaunch. Right. Um, it. I was trying to do like the actual web pages that I looked at, or the web uh, webisodes and um, web comics mm-hmm. I looked at. They had a lot of content per episode that they put on there. And I know it's a different style and I should have tried to keep that in mind, but I tried to tried to keep up with the amount of content, but it just ate up like three pages, every post or something like that. So it yeah. caught up to me very quickly. I, I had a little bit of a buffer, but it, it just, but the, the post just caught up to me so quick. And then my son was born. I was like, oh, let's, I just put the book on hiatus. And it even says on some of the pages on the, on the websites that I, I need to go on hiatus and, and I just started posting though. Hey, it'll pop up next week. 
advertisements and everything. So hopefully there'll be people already paying attention and checking it out. And I will be starting it pretty much back where I had to stop it. So it'll be about middle of issue two is where it'll start up again. Okay. Well, I'm going to be putting this episode up, you know, next Friday. So totally cool. it'll be the week it's week it starts up, so people yep. can go, you know, check the show. It'll go straight to it, and, and I'll have uh, uh, the for one of the first new pages up already. So that'll be great. Yep, yeah. they can check it and out then, for free. You know, and if you're just listening to it, hearing about it for the first time now, they still have a page, a, a issue and a half <laughs> to 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 go through. On top yep. of that, yep. so it's all it's all up there for free. Check out. Awesome, awesome. Yep. So is. This is this all you? Are you doing the coloring and everything else as well, or the the interior? I'm doing it grayscale to keep it the budget okay. super low because it's just me doing this um, on on my like in between time project stuff. So that's why it's just taking so yeah. long. Um, and then okay. I'll do. I wanted to do grayscales, and I, I've been really enjoying the grayscales. The covers I've had several different colorists I know work on them. Um, Carlos uh, Alberto Moreno Diaz, who did Werewolf Run with me, did a couple. Sean Forney, who I've worked with a few times, has done a couple. And uh, the first, the first one, I can't remember his name. He had like a a weird sign name, um, uh, screen name, and I can never remember his actual name. I have to get the, his name so I can put it in the credits for the book, the the first issue where she's got the metal ice cream T-shirt on. I need to get his name. I can't remember, but he's, those are the only colors I've ever actually done for the book. I'm trying to get the first issue. I'm almost done with the first issue colors, just to kind of see what it looks like and to start moving in that direction by Carlos Alberto Moreno Diaz. And they are, they are mm-hmm. gorgeous. I'll, I'll send you a page if you want to see one. It's beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so when you're, when you're talking about the book, you mentioned you'd written it and then you edited it. So Whenever I speak to a artist, writer, you know, all in one type creator, I have, you know, I, I, I have to bet the question, like, how do you do your, your work? How do you get your, do you do that? So do you do, do you do like a full script for yourself first before you even start doing thumbnails and all that? Or do you just, is it project dependent? It's, I'm kind of letting it do that where werewolf run, I did, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, what's it? The, the note cards. You know, you write down the ideas on note cards, and then, and then you organize them because it was kind of a jumbled idea. It's kind of a a, a, were, a werewolf pulp fiction story where the story jumps around a bit, and I okay. I kind of did that and tried to keep track of that with the, um, with the uh, the cards, and that worked pretty well. And then, metal ice cream and my next story that I kind of outlined. I just took a piece of paper and did like act one, like two, did three columns, act one, act two, act three, and just really kind of roughed it out. What was in my head as rough and quick as I could. And then from there, <coughs> excuse me, um, just, I, I had an idea of where I was going. So you kind of, once you, I, for, for me, if I, if I just have that nugget, I was like, okay, this is where I'm kind of am and where I'm going. I can head that way. It could be completely the wrong direction, but I, I can go that way. Oh, and then just kind of turn around if it's the wrong way or something. Um, but yeah, once you got that okay. idea, yeah, it, then it, I it's went. It's always the great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, what is it? Um, 
yeah, just go on to um, Word, uh, like a Word document, and then I'll page one, panel one, and just, and then I try. I like to do the whole story arc, and then go back and edit it if I can. Like a whole, okay. like this one's six issue story arc, and then I went back and edited it all, and then gave it to my editor. Or actually, he edited it as I went. Yeah, this this one we edited issue at a time. The next one, the next story arc from Analyze Stream, I'm going to try to do. I'm trying to finish the whole story arc, edit it, and then send it to the editor for his edits. So hopefully, we'll have a really nice, solid story for the next story as well. Awesome. Well, it, you certainly sound more like organized <laughs> than, than than quite a few creators with just getting stuff. I don't know. I, know in a row. Yeah. I think this is my midlife crisis. I'm like, go for it. Yeah, this is totally cool. Do it. So <laughs> these these three books: Metal Ice Cream, Werewolf Run, and my next project that I don't want to talk about. Just not ready to talk about yet. Um. Mm-hmm are just ones I've had in my head for, you know, you know, those you've had those ideas in your head for years yeah. and, and the next one is going to be that Epic one. I, I, have you ever had that idea? It was like, it's the Epic. I just, every time I've tried to head in that direction, mm-hmm. you start and you just get overwhelmed in like two minutes after starting. You're like, Holy God, this thing is big. <laughs> I actually, I have, I had, uh, three different stories that would be Mm -hmm. considered kind of mini epics, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point to where like I, each one was so daunting. And then one day I just had this stray thought and I'm like, wait, these are all the same story. Like Uh not like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing a derivative of this. I'm like, no, it's all one big story. So now I'm like, Oh, okay. This is all one thing. And then, that just makes it even more daunting at times. <laughs> like, cause, cause now like there's all these parts. There's, there's this whole, it's like, it's just really like, I don't want to be that guy who's just like spends all his time trying to get this one story out. I know. And, and it's like, I am nowhere near fast enough artistically to like jam out something. So I'm really, you know, hoping to get a, a few more, uh, a few more books done under my belt before I'm starting like, okay, I'm going to start piecemealing this thing together and, and putting this together because yeah, it's, I, I'm, I, I like the story I have. I'm excited to tell it, but I also know that like, I probably need more experience under my belt to make this not be a complete freaking disaster. <laughs> mm, that's, that's kind of what I, I, I did with these. The werewolf run is only four issues. That was the, Mm-hmm. The quickest, simplest story I could think of, and and it was werewolves, so it was like built in audience. I was like, it was a no brainer. This one, yeah, I, it's a little bit bigger, but I just wanted to do at least the first story arc and well, see like, how like it felt. Yeah. Let me go ahead. What are you gonna mm-hmm. say? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I was just saying, like, the, the the story I mentioned I'm working on with Steve, right? Like, that, you know, it can be a much bigger thing, but it's... Right. When, let's get, you know, the first arc done. Let's get, let's get more stuff done, because I've only really done one big, you know, story so far, and the rest have been, you know, short stories or stuff like that, or, you know, a single issue here and all that. So I'm definitely wanting to get more, 
you know, increase the amount of stuff I've been the the, the how do I say this? Get some stuff in the middle <laughs> instead of doing all these shorts and then doing have this giant two hundred page thing. Like, let me do something in the middle <laughs> first. Like, and like then, short trades or or like one one shots or yeah yeah or you know four, yeah some some four issue stuff. You know, I literally had uh, a one shot idea pop like a almost fully formed one shot idea pop into my brain this morning <laughs> while I was uh-huh. working on something else. And I'm like, I that, gotta do this. I, Look, I've wanted so to do one of those. I have simple. not. Yeah, those simple ideas are hard to come by, man. Oh. Yeah. Like this, yeah. it feels like the simpler you get, the harder it is to make it like actually work. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it when we're done recording, just because it's. Uh, I would, yeah, I would love to hear it. Sure. Pop out there, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's just like it's. I, I had the idea. I'm like, this seems so so much fun. I think I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I, that's what I, I kind of hope at, at some point. Anyway, that's anyway. like my my hopes um, and dreams well, for down the line. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Let me cut you off. Um, no, no. It's no. where like, like basically just getting the, the word out on these projects. So at, at some point, hopefully I can get enough people backing with Patreon or um, just online, different various ways of getting finance. Uh, and maybe be able to mm-hmm. go deeper into these stories and also be able to have fun and do one shots like that on my Patreon and, you know, send them out to my fans and stuff would be so cool. Yeah. that You've mentioned the Patreon a few times. Uh, would you mind letting us know like what's, if someone wants to join your Patreon, what, what kind of tiers do you have? What can they, what can they expect to see? sure i'm trying i'm trying to figure out right right now it's like uh like a dollar a month and you get like just a basic uh one one page whenever i I finish it usually usually it's about two or three pages a month i'm able to finish Mm -hmm. uh and you get those every month and then like the next levels i think five five dollars or something like that and then you get uh scripts uh the scripts that i'm working on the thumbnails and uh, some other stuff and then like a $10 level, you get scripts, thumbnails, uh, extra thumb, uh, uh, behind the scenes, uh, sketches and, and extra stuff that I'm working on and some NS not safe for work stuff that I put up there sometimes too. And just the, the more tiers you go, the, the more stuff, but, uh, I think those are the three that I have right now, but I'm trying to figure out since I'm posting this and if I do it one page a week, it's going to last for about a year and a half. Should I make the post should i should i make like a 20 dollar wall for the first entry fee so you have to pay 20 dollars before you walk into patreon and you can read the whole thing <laughs> instead of people like having only spend a dollar and then go and read the whole thing and they're like oh i don't like it and then walk away <laughs> that's the, you know that's the risk with with kind of doing stuff with that on patreon like you know you kind of have to i don't know hedge your bets i guess um, I don't know if anyone has done something like that or how successful it's been. Um, but I, I get, I totally get the idea of it because it's like all these people who have been along for the ride since the beginning have paid month to month to month to month mm-hmm. to get the story. And now yep. you're going to come in, you know, when it's, you know, mostly done and all that and like pay the bare minimum and get the same 
content they got. Like for for me for me myself with with the patrons the the patreons that I support that idea to me I'm like well I just don't kind of think I just kind of don't think about it to be mm-hmm. honest um so I I wouldn't necessarily be annoyed or offended one way or the other about it but on the flip side that's just me you know I I, I yeah. tend to not like give that kind of stuff too much like if I'm if I'm supporting a Patreon it's because you know, I like the people I, you know, and it's, it's less about what I get <laughs> and more like, can I do this to help these people out? Sure. Let's do right, it. Right. Right. But, um, no, that's but awesome. Yeah. Again. But I do get, I do get the, the, cause I have my own Patreon and I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like they're being punished for supporting me sooner than somebody else. <laughs> right. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah I I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I wish I I wish I could help provide insight. It's a complicated question. So yeah, people are I, still figuring out. Yeah. So, but on the flip side, you know, it, you're you're do. I think the the biggest thing is you know, and it sounds like you're doing it. You're worried about consistency and having things and people enjoy and and do that. And that's I think the biggest thing that'll. Uh, that's, that's the most important to any patron, I think. It's just I, sure I hope so. Is, yeah, it's just like I'm, I'm doing stuff. I am here. And I try to con- I talk back and forth with people as much as possible. And I've even some of some of the content, like uh, some of the commissions that I've gotten through my Patreon, my patrons I've used for the Metal Ice Cream, the promotion of Metal Ice Cream. So it's been really cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so that, that that's that's cool, and I'll make sure there's a, a link to your Patreon in the show notes, so you can go check that out and please, you know, help support you, help support you there. Um, so, you know, we've talked a bunch now about uh, metal ice cream and the you know the kind of stuff with that, but you know you've you've had you've had a, a history in comic. You've worked with a ton of people, um, you know people you know a few people I know like Tim Seeley. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. how, how did you how did you hook up with Tim to start working on Hack Slash? Was it Hack something Slash. like you guys just knew each other from the cons, or I, I, I actually never met him. My first, <laughs> it's funny. I back when he was working oh. on GI Joe, he was drawing GI Joe for Devil's Due for a while. I was trying to get. I loved the GI Joe uh, Larry Hamna books mm-hmm. when I was growing up, and wanted to draw GI Joe so bad. So I did some. Um, sample pages off of one of the books that they had that Tim was drawing. And I was like, I can do better than this guy. I could you know, draw better than this guy. And I sent those out and never heard, <laughs> never had anything. Cause I'm sure he's, he's much faster than I am. And, uh, I, I, when, when I was working on wonderland, it was kind of coming to an end of the third story arc. And I was like, I kind of probably feel like I need to start doing something else. Cause I was been with uh, wonderland for about, two and a half, almost three years. I was like, I, I kind of need to do something else. I feel. And, uh, wasn't sure. Like if I, I was scared that if I stopped, it's like I was on that doing that title for so long at the time. I was like, well, what do I do if I stop and I can't get anything else? <laughs> and, uh, I was whining to my, um, art dealer at the time, Paolo Biafore, who, um, uh. does, does, uh, Caden's comic art. 
And I was like, what am I going to do if I can't get another job? And he's like, eh. And he's like, I think I know this guy who, who's looking for an artist like that's kind of like your style. Uh, he's got this book called Hackslash, and it just he's starting to look to do more of a series with it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I'd actually kind of started hearing about Hackslash within the comic industry. He's like just doing minis, like uh, one-offs, like like you were saying, one-offs he started with and then did uh, little uh, story arcs before starting up on the full trade. And I think he was on issue 28 when i jumped on or something like that at devil's do okay and then we switched over to image after that yeah and then i i met him at a show i think chicago rosemont mm-hmm. show the wizard and sat down and talked to him and and uh we got along really well he's a fabulous guy i've, I've really credited him with i think if i didn't get that job i i probably wouldn't still be in comics but uh yeah, we hooked up and started. I started drawing it and drew that for two and a half, three years too, almost. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think that's where I first came across your name because, uh, being you know from Chicago and you know all that, you know Tim's a, you know not from Chicago, but he's a Chicago guy. You know? Wisconsin. Yeah, um, it's but you know he he resides in Chicago. Him and the four star guys, Norton yep, and yep. all of the, all, all those fellas. I so want to um, see their studio so bad. God, I, I, I was there once for their holiday party. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and I always, I'm, you know, I know Mike, uh, we're buds. And I know if I said to him one day, like, hey, can I come over and, like, just draw in the studio with you guys? I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, sure, you know, like, whatever. But I just, I, I, I haven't had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I love seeing other people's studios. I love seeing other people's studios. I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool place. It's definitely a cool place. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, if you can, if you can finagle your way into uh, spending a day there, I I definitely would. (laughs) Some point, some point I will. Because you, you, yeah, you just don't have Mike. You have, you have a bunch of, you know, I know for a while, uh, like Ryan Brown was there for a while, but he's not there anymore. Um, Sean Dove, uh, yeah, Ryan Brown um, is... Yeah, I, Frisian Jen, Jenny's not a part of the. Is, is she part of Four Star Studio? No, she's or? not there. No, no, she's okay. Not. Okay. No, I. I want to say she was at least I. I, in my memory, like there's a time where she was working there with her stuff, but she wasn't officially part of the studio. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that um, they they're all pretty tight I crew. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. Her her stuff's amazing. Same thing right? with Tim's brother uh, Steve, who's an amazing. I've seen some of his stuff. It's so much fun. I'm going to have to get one of those. Yeah, Steve. Steve is just, and you know, he's he's an awesome dude. Um, oh yeah! And, Every yeah, time I've talked he, to him, he's been so cool. Yeah, it's just ridiculously talented people, and you know, and him and Jenny, and like you know, if <laughs> you ever have kids, that's going to be one hella talented kid. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have a lot of yeah, experience I'm, I'm, behind them. Yeah, the, I'm. I'm totally glad that people are like. Well, not that they weren't, but I'm. I'm glad that like the, she's getting a lot of recognition now for her color, her covers, and all that because she's been overlooked for for, too, for far too long. On those, uh, have you seen the? Uh, I think the concert poster she's done for Metallica. Yes, it's awesome. Ah, uh, those it's are like, beautiful. 
just crazy good stuff, man. I know. <laughs> is that something you you would ever like jump at the chance to do, like uh, a cover for uh, a concert poster? Or... I'm I'm sure I would, but I don't feel like I'm. I I don't know if I could do that same kind of stuff. I I don't know. You know, I would I would totally try. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've flirted with that before because it seems like such a fun thing, but it's also like such a different, feels like such a different skill set you need to have. Or, or like it's, it's like more mental... of a graphic art and storytelling is yeah. more of a illustration story, storytelling slash illustration type skill. Yeah, yeah. And I, so, I don't have yeah. enough of the illustration skill or the yeah. design whatever skill. I'm sure you would kill it. I'm sure you 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 would sit down one day and maybe. Uh, you know, overthink it like like all of us would, <laughs> and then you'll, you'll, you'll come. It, up hap- it happens. And yeah, and then you'll come up with some, some killer idea for it and, and all that. Um, I think for sequential artists, it's easier to kind of uh make that kind of switch. Not to say that every sequential artist can do exactly what like an illustrative cover, you know, or poster or graphic artists can do but i think the fact that with you know sequential comic art you kind of have to be a jack of all trades on so many uh-huh. things you can kind of you can kind of get you can kind of get closer faster than vice versa you know sounds right there's an amazing there's a great uh, artist and a, and a buddy a uh, robert wilson third he's you know he's a fantastic graphic designer and he's also mm-hmm. an amazing comic book artist. Like he, he really bridges those gaps really well. He's doing a, a NASA poster poster series, <laughs> which is really oh, cool. Oh, nice! Like, it's like kicking ass. Uh, I think it just ended, but it was a whole bunch of butt on the crowdfunder site. And you know, he's he's definitely one of those guys who who can do both. So he gives me the hope. Like, yeah, if I ever had to one day, I think I could, I think I could squeak something pretty good out. <laughs> One one of the things I'm working on right now, I'm trying to finish my first kid's book. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, working in that different sense where you're ex- the expectations are a lot different, I'm trying to be more abstract with it and playing around with it a bit more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely worth playing around with because you can experiment a lot. It's really cool. Yeah, it's... Uh, you, you'd mentioned that briefly too. I meant to come back to that. Like the, it's working in a kid's book. That's got to be such a change of just you know process <laughs> it is breaking it, things it down is actually i it it is i tried it i i think it's weird because i'm doing two at the same time and mm-hmm. the first one i'm almost i have like two more pages and i'm done but i kind of think i approach it more like a comic book illustration instead of a mm-hmm. kid's book illustration so i i might have over overkilled it on it and i'm like oh, probably went too far so the next one, I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible and just try to have fun with it and not overthink it. But it's, it's tough. I don't know why it's tough. It is. is. Uh, my buddy, uh, Joe Mulvey, did a children's book called Mummy Knows Best that mm-hmm. he wrote and all that about a cute little mummy guy and his family and all that. Right. And his style is very much that, you know, the tradition, not traditional, like he comes from, you know, the, the school of you know McFarlane and, and and all that, but he he was able to like get it and and change his style up like not a ton but this like I think I think most of it comes down to character design mm-hmm. if you're drawing things yeah 
once I think once you unlock that, that kind of like opens up the possibilities because, you know, having two littles myself and, and lots of kids books around, I pay attention to the art styles and the things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's, I, I know think. you get that in your head a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, even things like, uh, which book was it we were reading? We were reading um, Dragons Love Tacos. Oh, like, I think I've read that one. Yeah. You know, just, and just, you know, re- just looking at the art style and just like seeing like how, like things are just, or even like Pete the Cat. <laughs> Let's bring, no, I'm not going to trash the, the, the Dean. No, it's the just very, just very simple. Cat, but... No, it's, it's a great, it's very simple. Yeah, it, like one, one of my favorite yeah, and, ones and, that uh, I've been reading to my kids is called, I Want My Hat Back. I, I think it's by John okay. Klassen. And it's basically just the simplest, simplest shapes and colors. And it's just the funniest mm-hmm. freaking story. It's just this funny little story about a bear wanting his hat back. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and that's that's it's a good eye opener too for me. Like just thinking, like, oh, um, you know, that's all we care about is like, is this funny? You know, like it, it, it. There's so much extra stuff we put into comic art that it's like, does that really matter in the end? Like, uh-huh. I'm sure there's people, you know, obviously there's fans and, you know, even ourselves to an extent to where like, well, no, it's got to have a, a certain level of perceived effort put into the pages and all that. But it depends it on the project. Like, it it does, depends. Does, does your experience really weaken that much? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah, I it's, try. It's, it's a good thing. It's, just, it's a good thought experiment, I guess, to kind of think about. Yeah, I try. I try for each project to change it a little bit to try to keep it more interesting for myself, um, and and just try to think differently artistically, and just to try to mm-hmm. stretch myself a bit and see if I can try something different. Like with with this being this book being all black and white and me doing all the tones and stuff. I've never done that before, but it's something yeah, I it, I know is a nice thing to play around with, and I've learn how to play with light within the black and white tones. A lot of fun. It's so much fun to play with that. Um, and just being able to know value and learn, learn value within um, the composition helps out a lot, actually. Hopefully I'll move to color one day. Awesome. That, that, <laughs> you know, I've, I, exp- I've done color. I've actually you know been the colorist on a couple projects and stuff like that. And, Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call myself, you know, a colorist. You know, I, I think I can do all right. I can <laughs> color. Yeah. <laughs> I can. That, I could, you know, and... It's not the full-time job, but I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind yeah, of feel like that too. Someone, sure. But, you know, mainly, mainly my coloring jobs have been either, you know, on myself or, you know, helping out people who, you know, buds who are like, Hey, I need a colorist and I don't have a lot of money. And I'll be like, that's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like, just give me the flatted pages. We'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then, um, that's the biggest thing, uh, I will say, uh, don't like learn how to flat, but like, don't, don't, don't hesitate. And just immediately then hiring a flatter once you I know I know I know that that the flatting <laughs> takes I I almost get to the point where I I flat and then by the time I'm done flatting I want to be done with the piece I'm like oh damn it and you just start getting into it and you're like oh I don't want to do it anymore 
yeah, it's just if you feel like you're doing your your job twice, and it's just like I hate doing that. I really hate doing that. But, and if you draw the page, and it's like doing the job three or four times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a a project where I, you know, I layouts. I did. I had to do tighter pencils on it, and then I had to do inks, and then I had to flat and I had to color. And I'm like, I I've drawn this page five times now. I am sick. Yeah, of this and you're sick of looking at the thing. Yes. Yeah, it's horrible. It's just like, uh, I hate you so much. Especially as you know, I like coloring other people's work more than my own for sure. Though that that one hundred percent that is a much more enjoyable experience. Uh, just because it's kind of it's fun seeing it come together that way. I didn't spend so long on the page already. You know, I'm looking at it with fresh eyes, and I can kind of appreciate the it. it you know, seeing it come together and things like that. So, yeah, I'm sure you feel like you can add to it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, I feel like what I'm doing is like, okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring out the best in this person as opposed to like, what did I fuck up that I got to fix with this? <laughs> <laughs> Those horrible yeah. feelings you get about your own work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it it doesn't it doesn't shake. You're you're faced with it up front and in in, in in close quarters cuz now you're now you're coloring it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No so, fun at all. Uh, so, how how did you get into comics? Like, what was what was your gateway into comics and art and art and, and uh, the? I mean, when I went as kids, you'd always kind of see comic books like the Zero book that I saw. I I saw it, but I never mm-hmm. started reading the books and like really getting into the reading till I moved from California to Maryland, and then we were living in a, a just an apartment for a while because our housing development we're still building the houses so we lived in apartments for like a year or so and one night (laughs) my dad was doing a photo shoot for his company like kind of just displaying their products and they asked if someone wanted to do a photo shoot and he's like yeah sure and got paid some extra money and uh i was with my mom and we were just watching them and then we would go and wander around and we went to the get some food at a grocery store or something and they had a spinner rack Mm-hmm. And G.I. G. Joe number 68 was on it, I think. And I was like, G.I. Joe, like, I love G.I. Joe, the show and everything. So I asked my mom if she could get me that. And and she did. And I, I sucked it up and I read it and I loved it. It was just so much fun. I, I knew the characters. Like, oh, this is so cool. More G.I. Joe. <laughs> and uh, I found a local comic book shop. And it was this ratty hole called Barbarian Bookshop. And it, you could literally like touch sports. It was a fire trap, but I loved it. <laughs> and I just would go in there. And I think the, it had a hunchback who was there named Ray and it was awesome. And the main guy, Carl behind a stack of like seven foot high books off his counter, kind of hiding hated kids. And was like, just wanted to make the money and leave. Um, but <laughs> I, I started collecting there and, I got like, issue, I still have almost issue one through a hundred and I need to, next yeah. time I see Larry Hamna at a show, I need to bring my issue one and two and a few others to have him sign and say, thank you for writing such fun stories. Nice, nice. Yeah. It's a, it's always interesting to, to hear the, the ends people have for comics and totally. You know, my story is the story of so many others. I had older brothers, they had comics mm-hmm. and 
you know, they told me not to look in their drawer or the, at their comics. So naturally, when they left the house, I looked in the drawer for the comics. Of course <laughs> so, you did. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Don't do this thing that's really cool. <laughs> like, oh, what this interests you? Don't do it, man. Don't, don't, <laughs> do come over here. So, yeah. so what was the book? Uh, my first, the first series I was in well, the one that you thing. remember. Yeah, yeah, it was the um, the original Dick Cooley Spider Man. It mm-hmm. was a digest size like collection. It was it was Marvel Masterworks little digest size. Nice, so a nice back. big chunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like the first 30, 30 issues total um, between two of them, and those those are what kind of did it for me uh, because one they were already really beat up and ratty. So my brother was my brother was just like just take them like I <laughs> want these like like cool inherited. Items. So these are mine now and. And all that and then and you know i i came up in the age of x-men the cartoon <laughs> yep. so we mm-hmm. had all that and the image boom and um i really got into comics just after the image boom right before the collapse because i remember the quarter and 50 cent bins just stuffed image comics just uh-huh. and marvel is pouring over so you know, I had my allowance, so I would get my usual books and then I would have like a dollar or two left over. So then I would just go and just grab, you know, like a whole bunch of extreme books. Hot piles them. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I loved going, yeah, uh, diving during con. Like when I first going, went to cons, you would go in the half price bins for trades and everything. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh. So it, it, it's an experience I miss, but I also, you know, I don't have the space to, to, be doing that anymore um i've gotten rid of a lot of comics but i also still have a ton i have to figure out what i'm going to do with this because i i don't read them i don't have the space they're not really I, sellable <laughs> so it's, i just don't want yeah, to away. i, I kind of have the ones that i i really want to hold on to like they mean something to me like kind of thing and other yeah. ones i'm like eh, I, I can live without this yeah there's you know there's a there's a few like that i want to like get bound collection like go send them away to get bound and all that and and all that like the uh, x-men 2099 that was a big series for me that i really liked um but yeah most of it though i'm just like i have it like i don't know i i I mean there's a point if you started collecting that where you just kind of got the collection fever or just grabbed almost everything you're like "Mm, yeah i don't need everything Yeah, yeah. There's a good long while where I was buying everything that was Top Cow. Because mm-hmm. Mark oh, yeah. Silvestri was, was my main guy. Like, he was my image guy. You know, Cyber Yeah, Force I talked to them that. a long time. Yeah, uh, Renee Geerling, who was the editor, and Sandra... I can't remember her last name. Sandra was the editor before her, and I talked to them because I, I really love the darkness and... Um, uh, just the other titles they were putting out. I can't remember. Uh, Cyberforce. I love Cyberforce. It's so much fun. Um, and I tried, on. I got, I went to the studio out in California and hung out with them for a week, just trying to, I didn't even know exactly what I was doing out there. Just trying to hang out. I was invited. And I was like, of course I'm going to go to the studio. And yeah. I got to meet Michael Turner for a minute and talk to him and showed him oh, some stuff nice. I was working on and, and uh, just got to hang out with the people in the studio. It was really nice. Yeah. I mean, what a loss for Michael Turner, you know, not having Michael Turner. I know, I know. He was, from all intents, from everything I've heard from everybody, he was just, like, the, like, 
nicest person, like so inviting to people and just like, you know, I was at Wizard World when at the when everybody heard. Yeah. Yeah, When when the uh, Aspen crew had to pack up and leave. Yeah, that was really sad. Yeah, it it was it was it was rough. Um, But, uh, you know, didn't they announce like they did? They announced it on like Sunday, didn't they? That he had passed, I think. Um, Saturday or Sunday, they announced it. My recollection was I was sitting at the Image Founders panel. Um, they came out, the, 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 the moderator came out and announced that, Hey, everybody, we just got word that, you know, last night, Michael Turner passed mm. and it was just like, just, you know, everyone in the room that knew who he was. Oh yeah. It was just like, and yeah, that took the, took the air out of the, definitely took the air yeah. out of the room. And then, you know, I don't know how much of this is, you know, me imagining or whatever, but like Sylvester came out and he had like the sunglasses on and all that and Wanted had just come out and it was like a big movie and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I heard you know, people were like, oh, you know, he's big, you know, he's, you know, he's the big man now or whatever. And then back in my head, I'm like, or maybe he's upset because his friend died and he's got his sunglasses mm-hmm. on because he was probably upset. Yeah, I remember sitting like, alone. I like I could be reading. Yeah, I remember him sitting alone at uh, the bar at the time. Just having a drink by himself for a minute. Yeah, I, I just, I and I could be putting that on there myself or whatever, but you know, it's just like, yeah, it's it's just, but you know, they they soldiered on. They had a lot of fun stories about Michael that they tell that they mentioned. My favorite one is the one that I think gets repeated a lot was um, uh, when he first started. Mark told him to go, uh, you know, draw this draw this building. You know, draw a building, and he, and he drew it like crap. Like a, yeah, <laughs> like a loaf of bread. Then he gave him like, a reference, and he drew like the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, wait a second, what? wait a second. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, no one ever told me to use that. <laughs> it's like oh, I know, and I, that, like, I still have a problem using reference. I'm trying, I'm trying to get better at using reference. It's, it's, it's a godsend to use, use reference. Do it. You're not yes, cheating. Don't, use don't. reference. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Was it Wally Wood who says, uh, "If you can't uh, draw it, trace it"? Or if it if it's it on it? a deadline book, as long yeah, as long as it's not like straight swiping somebody's stuff. Like if I like take a picture sometime if I need a hand, and then try to either draw it straight or if it's giving you too much trouble, mm-hmm. just trace it. I, I I give it I give it uh, three. I, I follow baseball rules: three strikes, and I'm out. Like if I draw in terms of like trying to get it right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If if I draw a hand three times and it's still not right, I just draw, I just trace it. Cause I'm like, I got to move on. Like I got stuff to do. Um, I got where like I'll do, yeah, I'll do the pencil drawing and then the ink it. And then I'll try like, I can do a little white out here and there and redraw, but then I'll, I'll scan it in and leave it that. And if it's still messed up digitally, I'll usually go in and, like redraw a face or hands, but any, anything else I usually leave alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, for the most part, you know, I do try to do the initial, like, let me try to draw this first because eventually it'll get to a point to where I'm like, okay, I can just draw this now. Like I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have, Yep. but you know, like you said, you're on a deadline. You got, you got to get stuff done, man. Yeah. Get stuff. Done. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Especially if someone's paying you to do the deadline, you got to do it. Yeah. They're not going to care. No one's going to care. No, Only, not if you do it right. Anyone, right. And if anyone's cared, they never had to do it before. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, just that, that's just, that's just how I people like. There's this whole debate about people using stat panels and stuff. Like, oh, it's lazy and blah blah blah. Uh, like, I, used effectively, it's hilarious. It's, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to see in a book when it's used right because I think it's hilarious. Like, yeah, it definitely gives like good moments and pauses. Yeah, you know, and I get, you know, I've used them, you know, and I'm not afraid to use them. Uh, and I do try to like, okay, what would be physically different in this? Like, so is someone's mouth going to be different because they're reacting differently? I'm like, yeah, I'll make those adjustments. But if it's like they're literally standing still, then they're going to be standing still. <laughs> yep. I'm not going to worry too much about it, you know? I mean, if you got the uh, time, gonna, go like, for it. But yeah, if you're... Shift an arm or a leg just because someone might be like, "Oh, they use the same." Gun. Don't care. We don't. We never do. <laughs> we never do. So. <laughs> mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> so, are you? You are primarily a traditional art type of guy. Uh I'm. Tr- I try to be. Um, I still. Okay. Well, for yourself, uh, when when you do your work, like, do you? I do one when I found out. I used to do. Do you um, like, like thumbnails or? When like several years ago, I was was working on Hackslash. I would do layouts and then uh, blow those up to eleven by seventeen and put them on the uh, a light box and then transfer them over with a blue line pencil, pencil those and then ink those and then, and then uh, I did that for the longest time. It just pages took forever. And then uh, I was talking to Seeley one time at a show and looking through his, his he had uh, uh, some of his original art there. And I was just looking through it because it's just really cool checking out people's original art. And I saw these light blue lines, like printed lines. I was like, what, what is this? And he's like, oh, I scanned my thumbnails in and just print them right onto the page. And I'm like, what? You, you do what? And then I, I tried it where... I did my thumbnail, yeah, yeah. blew it up, and I got a print like a brother's printer, so I got able to do the eleven by seventeen print on a straight onto one of the uh, art boards, and I did it. I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that just saved so much time!" And after that, it was just, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so much better." And then uh, I still do my panels. Uh, I actually started to do my layouts digitally because you can just manipulate them and just change them so much faster. Uh, that way i'll i'll do like ideas and rough stuff out sketchbook wise but the to get the job done I'll, I'll do it digitally and then print that out and then go into the page with pencils and inks okay yeah i, I that's that's kind of how i started with like this doing the digital layouts because it just it just helped out so fast mm-hmm. yeah I, I i waver though now because sometimes for me uh i have to <sighs> I have to get the the drag of the pencil more if I'm just kind of noodling, trying to get the layout and all that. Yeah, I I can't. Yeah, the the I don't know what it is, but digitally the the pen just doesn't have that little bit of a drag. It's almost like going from I I always say it's like going from running to ice skating, where it, it's just a little bit too slippery. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I on my iPad, I have like the little paper like material thing, and to try to help out. How does that I mean, work it, for you? 
I like it. Um, including yeah. with the Apple, the, the Apple pencil feels the most natural. It feels mo- it's a little bit, obviously it's heavier than like a pen or a pencil, but it feels closer to the weight without feeling flimsy. Like o- this, overly so, or yeah, it's got some substantialness to it, I guess. Um, uh-huh. and with the paper like thing, it, it gives me enough drag. And also it, it, it came down to me finding the right, uh, how do you say the, the, the right brush within clip studio to use mm-hmm. that felt most like it was delivering the line I would get that you were looking for. Was, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it's all, you know, people's preference. Like uh, that's all it is. It's like, I know. I, for you. Yeah. It took me a while to feel comfortable drawing digitally because i i would always zoom in way too close and like back up back up back up (laughs) yeah i yeah i still i am still terrible with the the zoom you know i'm getting better uh the worst thing was uh, drawing on uh, some commissions on paper uh i i tried to zoom in (laughs) (laughs) while you were working on the paper yeah did you do the little thing the finger trick you're like come on come on yeah yeah i I tried to do a little little i'm like what like I used to like laugh when people were like, "Oh, I, you know, I did the, uh, I tried to do undo or whatever." I'm like, "Huh, you know." Oh my! I haven't, had, I haven't tried to do that, but I've definitely tried to <laughs> zoom, zoom in. in. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've been guilty of that one once or twice. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, Daniel, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Uh, uh, uh we. I just wanted to know it would be all right. I'm got one other project uh, coming up. I was wondering if I could talk about that for a minute. Well, yeah, I wasn't sure how much you could talk about. So yeah, I, I did. Pl- I did contact them. They said it was away. totally cool. Uh, I'm actually getting these projects out of the way for the uh, oh, oh, summertime, so I can get up with this uh, a band called uh, Collideo, uh, basically a metal a metal band actually. And uh, I'm doing a four-issue miniseries with them starting probably in October. And it'd be a lot of fun. Look forward for that. Go to KaleidoBand.com or look them up. K-A-L-E-I-D-O Band, B-A-N-D. Check them out. And uh, I hope to maybe come on again when that book comes out and maybe come and talk to you again about that book. It'll be more metal. It'll be more metal. And I'm I'm starting, you know, I'm hoping to do a live stream a month. So maybe we can switch it up. We could do a live stream. And, uh, you know. I would totally be down, sure. Some, some pages and, and stuff like that. So if I don't uh, crash and burn with it by the time it comes out. Keep either, going, either keep way, going. You're, you are more than welcome to come back, sir. I, again, I've had a great time talking to you, getting to know you a bit. And, yeah, I definitely want to see what, what happens with this. And you know hopefully next time we talk you know we can talk about that and you know hopefully a bit of show man i'd love to hang out at a show and talk yeah that that'd be nice hopefully hopefully see next next year next year fingers crossed right next year Uh, got it um i'll make sure i bring the bagels (laughs) Uh, all right sir thank you again uh now is the time let everybody know where they can find you online uh, and there'll be links to all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, best place is just DanielLeister.com, Uh, or, I mean, you can go to face, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I usually on there. You should try to try to post once a day, something, uh, with everything going on with the promotion of metal ice cream. 
it's mostly metal ice cream themed or uh not quite every day but uh i'm i'm up there so look at all that metal ice cream look up kaleidioband.com gonna work on their stuff later they're a really fun band and uh yeah i just got more stuff coming down the line i hope to keep talking to you guys and showing you more projects and having some fun awesome awesome again daniel thank you so much for coming on everyone make sure you go check out daniel's links uh support his work he's doing some awesome awesome stuff and also daniel you gotta let me know let me know what you think of uh master boot record you know get back to me let me i know. will I, I got it written down right here absolutely that and blood diner i got it yeah and if you and if you're not digging it let me know and i'll i'll happily suggest something else <laughs> sure yeah and you got to check out that uh, other one i told you about the serpent yeah yeah, yeah i that's that's one thing that will 100% happen. I will be definitely going in. I'll uh, send you a link. <laughs> oh, even better. Thank you, sir. Absolute right pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. All right, have a good night. You too, man. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. Please be sure to return next episode with my guest, the super talented writer, Mark Bouchard. See you then.